Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Hello. Hello, hello. Hope everyone is doing well. This is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I am your host. Thank you for tuning in for this 45th episode, episode number 45. It's a big one. I thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're in East Central Indiana, anywhere else in the state of Indiana, or outside of Indiana, thank you for stopping by and giving me a little bit of your time. I appreciate it. Whichever way you're listening on whatever your favorite podcast hosting site is, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whichever way. Or if you listen by going to the home link of perception.fireside.fm, I appreciate it however you do it. I would ask that you do help us out here and share this episode, perception.fireside.fm backslash 045, or just tell them to look the show up. Share it with everybody you know and help spread this word. Today we're going to be talking about something very important. We are getting close to votes being cast in this 2019 municipal, meaning city or town, elections in the state of Indiana. I apologize if you're listening to this from outside of Indiana This isn't going to necessarily pertain to you. However, what we're going to be talking about also goes on in your states. So no matter when your primary election is, ours is in May. And then the general election, obviously, is in November. So whenever your elections are, I I understand they are different. But you do have absentee ballots and early voting, so you'll have to check your local voting situation in your town, city, county, and states. But the importance of early voting and absentee voting and how they can make a difference in elections, that's the same across the board. So you're going to want to tune in whether you live in Winchester, Muncie, Anderson, Indianapolis, or good old Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, or on, this does have bearing with you and your fellow citizens in mind. So today we're going to be taking a look at absentee ballot voting, early voting, mail-in voting, and talking about the importance of all of that and how that can win or lose elections. 
So stick around right after this very short, quick break. We're going to be coming back and talking about all things early voting, absentee ballot voting, and more. You're not going to want to miss it, so hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Perception is Reality, and I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. Okay, we're back. The 45th episode of Perception is Reality. Thank you for sticking around. This episode, we're going to be covering a pretty important topic, specifically during the spring and fall of each election year, whether you're listening in Indiana or outside of Indiana, whether or not it's in May It's always going to happen, and it always happens in November wherever you live. We're talking about voting. Specifically today, we're going to be talking about absentee ballot voting. Whether we're talking about in-person walk-in early voting or mail-in ballots or say if you or a loved one or a friend's or someone else is in bed and sick or elderly, Maybe they need a traveling board to come around. That's another way they do that. So we're going to be covering all of those options. But beforehand, I figured it might be good to just talk about who is on the ballot. I know that sometimes it's hard to believe that we could be this far into it, but there are still confusion over who people are voting for, who they're supposed to be voting for. I know my own grandparents just were talking about hoping that they would be getting information about their mail-in ballots, and I was like, wait a minute, you guys are in the county, you won't be voting in this city election. So, this election, specifically for the state of Indiana, is the 2019 general municipal election. Municipal election means it's for towns or cities, and the offices that are on the ballot are mayor or city clerk or city clerk treasurer, depending on if you're a first, third, or second class city, a judge of the city court, not circuit or superior, but judge of the city court, town council members, town clerk treasurer, town court judge, and then there are always some local public questions that could possibly be on the ballot just in certain cities or areas or towns, depending on what you might be looking at. But this election is not for prosecutor. It's not for circuit or superior court judges. We're not talking about auditor or recorder or county clerk. This is just for city or town employees that are elected officials. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. That's who you will be going to vote for. So if you live like, for example, in the unincorporated area in Randolph County, say if you live out by 27 and 36, but you don't live in Lynn, you won't be voting in this election. Say if you live in Stick City, 
the little area that's just named Stick City off of Old Highway 3 or what's called Walnut now. You might have a Muncie address, but you don't actually live in the city limits of Muncie, so you will not be voting in this election. You have to live inside the city or town limits of a city or a town to vote in this election. So that's the first thing to cover and we need to know right off the top is that not everybody will vote. Now, next year, everyone everywhere will vote because it's a presidential election along with state and county offices. So everyone everywhere, city, town, county, everyone will vote next year. But this year, we're just dealing with the municipal city or town offices. So that's the first thing to know. Now, if you're a regular, everyday working person and you're listening to this and you voted for years, as you know, you always vote whether it's in the spring, in the primary, or in the fall, which is the general election. In the state of Indiana, election day is always the first Tuesday after the first Monday. So if the beginning of the month falls on a Tuesday, you don't vote then. You won't vote until the next week because election day is always the first Tuesday after the first Monday. So in the state of Indiana, it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday in May. And in the fall, it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. However, early voting starts beforehand. So, what does that mean? Okay, we're coming up, depending on when you listen to this, because I know people listen to each episode over the course of a couple weeks, depending on when you listen to this, early voting is either getting ready to start or has started. The date that this is being recorded on is Friday, October 4th, okay? It'll be released on Saturday, October 5th. And what that means is you still have just a couple days to register to vote. In order to register to vote, you can do it by going to your county clerk's office and picking up the hard copy paper and doing that. But the easiest way to do it is simply by going to www.indianavoters.com. That's www.indianavoters.com. It takes two minutes. You can do it from your phone, your laptop, your tablet, or your desktop computer. And if you need any help with that, please, please get a hold of me. I will help you. You only have until 11.59 on Monday, October 7th. If you wait until 12 a.m. midnight, one minute after 11.59, you cannot register and you will not be voting in this election. So it's very important if you're not registered or you need to change your registration that you do that before 11.59 p.m. on Monday, October 7th, 2019. And you don't have much, much time. But after that ends, 
early voting in most places. Now, it does not start in Winchester because Winchester and Randolph County is screwed up and they don't want people to vote, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But every other normal place inside Indiana will start early voting on Tuesday, October 8th, 2019, per the hours of your county clerk's office. And I will say this, if you need help with any of that information, please get a hold of me and I will help you. Rather than going through every county, all 92 of them's clerk's office hours on here, if you need help, I will help you with that. But here's what you need to know. Early voting that begins on Tuesday is for those people that want to walk into their county building, to their county clerk's office, and vote the same way that you would on election day. So you know when you go to your polling place, and you go in and you show them your ID, and you sign the little book or the little tablet, and they take you over to the voting polling area, and you cast your ballot. That's exactly what happens but it happens at the clerk's office, and you can do that starting Tuesday, October 7th, 2019. And basically, from that point forward up until Election Day, you will be able to do that Monday through Friday during regular office hours of your clerk's office. I will take it a step further and say... The last two Saturdays of the month of October before Election Day. So Election Day this cycle is Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. That means on Saturday, October 27th and Saturday, November 3rd, you can also go to your clerk's office and vote early, and hours may be a little different. They may be the full day, or it may be like 8 or 8.30 to 3. You'll just have to check. But you can also vote early on October 27th and November 3rd this year, as well as you can go into your clerk's office the Monday before the election. So that's Monday, November 4th, from the start of your clerk's office day until 12 noon. And then at that point, early voting is over. But to early vote, it's the same thing as going in. And although that's technically considered absentee ballot voting, I consider early voting and absentee ballot voting a little bit different because going in early is basically the same thing as going in on election day. You're pressing the buttons. Nobody's helping you. You're just doing it early at the clerk's office. You don't need an excuse. You don't need a reason. Nobody can stop you from doing it. You go in and you present your ID, your Indiana driver's license, or your Indiana ID card, and you can vote early. That is state law, and they can't stop you. Now, in the state of confusion that is Randolph County. It's a state and craziness all to itself in my home city and county. Early voting doesn't begin on Tuesday, October 8th. Early voting doesn't begin all the way until Monday, October 21st because there are no federal offices up for election. There are no state offices up for election. 
and there are no county offices up for election. So the only people that are voting in this election inside Randolph County are Union City and Winchester. And so the election board got together and were able to vote to postpone early voting until October 21st because of that reason. Each county has an election board. The election board is ran by the clerk's office so that you know all elections are ran by each county clerk's office, not the city clerk, but the clerk of each county is the chief election official for each county. And then the top official for the state of Indiana for elections is the secretary of state. So that's kind of how that breaks down. So the secretary of each state is the chief election officer of that state. And then it breaks down to the county level, the chief election officer of each county is the elected clerk, and then there is an election board, and that is made up of the Republican Party chair or a designee, and the Democrat Party chair or a designee, and then that clerk or a designee, and so basically whatever party that the clerk is, is generally the party in power. If you have a Republican clerk, you have two Republicans and one Democrat. If you have a Democrat county clerk, you have two Democrats and one Republican. In Randolph County, the board is currently made up of two Republicans and one Democrat, but the Democrats running the show, that's Fred Davis, and that's a whole nother messed up deal. That's why we're able to do this, and and that's why we're having a problem in Randolph County, because we can't get the shit out of the way and let good people in good places come to power so that we can actually prosper rather than strangle off and die. But that's that's for another episode, I guess. So, uh, in, in Winchester or Union City, you're able to vote early in the Randolph County Clerk's Office starting October 21st. In all other normal counties in the state of Indiana, you're able to go in and start early voting on Tuesday, October 8th, 2019. And so let's really quick just cover some basics of voting. Voting requirements for the state of Indiana are as follows. You have the right to vote in any Indiana election if you are both a United States citizen and a resident of Indiana. You will be 18 years of age at the next general election, which means you can vote if you're 17 in May if your birthday will make you 18 before the November election. That happened to me. My very first time I voted, I was 17 in May because my birthday falls in July, which means in November I was 18. So you can vote in the state of Indiana if you're 17 in the primary, as long as you'll be 18 during the November general election. Also, if you're not currently in prison after being convicted of a crime, which means, and this is always something that throws people off and I get a lot of questions about this, you can vote in the state of Indiana if you are a felon. If you have 10 felonies and you have served your time and you are out amongst everyone else, you can vote in the state of Indiana. There are people who tell felons that they cannot vote and that is absolutely bullshit. 
as a person that has a felony, you can vote if you're not currently in prison. If you're in prison and you have a felony, then you can't vote. If you're in prison for some unknown reason with a misdemeanor, you can't vote. You have to be outside living in your area to be able to vote, but you can if you have a felony. You also have to have lived in the precinct where you plan to vote for at least 30 days before that election. And that's why the voter's registration happens and then the next day early voting starts. Okay, and then going on from there, you have to be registered to vote and we have went over all of that. So moving on from there, there are a couple things I want to hit really quickly. Obviously, if you want to vote on Election Day on Tuesday, November 5th, that's no problem. Voting hours on Election Day, Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, are from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can vote if you're outside the building at 6 a.m. or earlier, as long as you're there at 6 a.m. And as long as you're in the line, if you're in the line at 5.59 and there are 500 people ahead of you, you will be able to vote. you got to wait to get up there. They'll send somebody out and they stop them, meaning if you're standing in line at 5.59, they send somebody out to stand behind you. And then if somebody gets there after 6 and there's a person from inside behind you, they can't vote. But as long as you're in the chute or in the line by 6 p.m., you can vote, okay? So you just go in there on regular election day, Tuesday, November 5th, you take your ID card, and you vote like normal. If you want to vote early, you can do as we've discussed. You take your ID, you go to your county clerk's office, and you vote during the time that I have told you. But there are a couple other ways to vote, and there's a calendar that you need to be aware of. Okay, so obviously, as we've discussed, October 7th is the end of voter's registration. You can do it in the clerk's office up until the clerk's office closes, or 11.59 if you do it online, but don't wait. Go ahead and do it now. Obviously, as we've discussed, October 8th, or the 21st if you're in Winchester or Union City, is the date of early voting beginning. From there, October 24th is the deadline for absentee by mail applications to be received in the 2019 municipal election. What that means is the clerk of the court, the clerk of the county, has to receive your application if you want to be able to vote by mail, this is the way that a lot of older people do it. This is the way my grandparents do it. What happens is they submit an application generally into their precinct committeeman, or you can do it just in person into the clerk's office yourself. If you need help finding out how to do this, please get a hold of me. But you only have until October 24th. It has to be postmarked on or before the deadlines, meaning if you submit your application on October 25th or 26th, you cannot vote by mail. But if you submit an application now or anywhere up until October 24th, then what they'll do is they will send you your sealed ballots in the mail. You fill them out. It's like a Scantron with a pencil, like from high school. You will then close that and you can either drop it off in person in the clerk's office 
or you can drop it back in the mail. Personally, that way always kind of weirded me out because stuff gets lost in the mail, but you can do what you want. I will caution you. For example, if you got a husband and a wife filling out their mail-in together and you both get them done and the wife's going to take them up to the clerk's office, don't do that because the only way that they can be dropped off to the clerk's office is if it's being dropped off in person. So I can drop mine off but I can't drop off, say, my grandparents, or I can't drop off my mother's or your wife's or your husband's or your father's. You got to drop off solely yours. So be very, very careful of that. But you can drop them in the mail. Okay, so October 24th is the deadline for doing that. Now, I also want to tell you, like I mentioned, as far as voting in person early, there's no excuse needed. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to say you're going to be out of the area. You just go in and say you want to vote early and they'll let you do it. But as far as mail-in absentee ballots, you have to meet a certain criteria in order to do that. So here's those scenarios. In order to vote absentee by mail, one of the following must apply. You have a specific reasonable explanation that you will be absent from the county on election day during the entire 12-hour period that the polls are open, like you're going to be out of the state, you're going to be out of the country, or you have a disability, or... You're 65 years of age or older, or you have official election duties outside of your precinct. Like, say, for example, you're working inside the polling place in a different place than where you vote. If that's the case, you could just walk in and vote early. But that is one of the reasons why you can list if you want a mailed ballot to your home. Another reason that you could give is if you're scheduled to work your regular place of employment during the entire 12 hours that the polls are open, or you will be confined due to illness or injury, or be caring for an individual confined due to illness or injury during the entire 12 hours that the polls are open, like if you're going to have a surgery, or you have had a surgery, or you're going to be scheduled for surgery between now and then that will put you in the bed or your significant other is, or you're a caretaker for someone, that's also a reason to list. You can also say that you were prevented from voting because of a religious discipline or religious holiday that happens to fall on that day during the entire 12-hour period. You are a participant in the state's address confidentiality program. You're a member of the military or a public safety officer. You're eligible to vote at a precinct or former residence under a fail-safe procedure, and you have to fit the IC code 3-10-11 or IC 3-10-12 for that. Or you're a serious sex offender. They can still vote. Remember I told you, felons can vote. Or you will be prevented from having a vehicle or other transportation during the election day or early voting at any point. You have to be able to say that one of those 12 things 
benefits you. When the county election board receives your application for a mail-in absentee ballot, they will process it. And if the application is approved, you will be mailed an absentee ballot for the upcoming election. And again, in order to get an absentee by mail ballot, one of those 12 bullet points must fit your circumstances or a loved one's circumstance for you or that loved one to get an absentee ballot by mail. And remember, that deadline to have that application in is October 24th. There is one last way that you can vote if you're not able to go to the polling place on election day or if you're not able to vote early during the 28 early voting days or if a mail-in ballot won't work for you there is one other way that you can vote and in order to vote absentee by traveling board you must qualify under bullet point two or bullet point six from above and those are as follows you must have a disability or you will be confined due to illness or injury or surgery, or you will be caring for an individual confined due to illness, injury, or surgery during the entire 12 hours that the polls are opened. The ballot will be delivered to you at your address by a bipartisan absentee voter board who will be able to assist you with your ballot. And what that means is someone from your community that is a Republican and a Democrat will come to your home, two people. That way it's fair to make sure nothing hinky's going on. A Republican and a Democrat will come to your home and assist you with this. And that means if you're a Republican, you'll have someone there that's on your side. Or if you're a Democrat, you'll have someone there that's on your side. And you don't have one party doing everything. That way it's under control. This is normally reserved for, for people with disabilities or for people who are elderly or people who are confined to their home for some reason. But this is definitely something that is a very good service. Now, people are kind of weird about this because they feel as though maybe these people can kind of push you into a way of voting. And this is where I will say, be careful of this. If these people come to your home and they're pushing you into a way of voting, don't do it. Vote the way that you want to vote. You should absolutely be able to cast your ballot however you so choose. It doesn't matter what they say. You can ask them for clarification on this or that, but they should not be telling you how to vote. And I will tell you this. If you're ever pressured by anybody, if you're pressured at the polling place, if you're pressured by someone from a precinct committeeman or a candidate or a committee member or the clerk's office or just somebody else, please let me know that. I would definitely be interested in hearing that. But definitely, if you're an elderly person or your grandparent or your loved one, your mother, your father, someone like that is in a situation like this and you're aware of pressure, let me know that. I would definitely be interested. But those are the three ways that you can absentee vote. Early in the 28 days before the election, by going to your clerk's office, showing your ID and voting, you don't have to give any excuse. By mail-in ballot, 
or by traveling board. Now, keep in mind, like I've already said, the deadline to get the application approved for the mail-in ballot or for the traveling board ballot is October 24th, 2019. You can find all of this information by going to indiana.gov backslash SOS backslash elections. Or you can simply type into Google Secretary of State Indiana Election Division. Matter of fact, I will copy the link in the description of this episode so you'll be able to find all of that information. They have a lot of great, great information on there for folks to see, and it's really good, good information. The other thing that you need to know is polling places all have to be accessible. State law requires that all polling locations, even including early polling locations at the clerk's office, have to be accessible. Voting machines have to be accessible to all voters, especially seniors and voters with disabilities. If you need assistance voting and you want to vote on election day or you want to vote early in the clerk's office, you can absolutely get assistance voting. You may choose someone to help you other than your employer or union officer. You can have your family member go in and help you. One poll worker from each major party can also provide assistance. So, for example, if you want to vote and you need assistance and you go to your election place on election day and you don't have a family member there to help you, you can have a Republican and a Democrat poll worker there help you together and they will help you. They're not supposed to vote for you. They're not supposed to tell you what to do, how to think or what to say any of that, but they are there to help you if you need assistance. In Indiana, if you need help, you can call the Hoosier Voter Hotline at 1-866-IN-1-VOTE or the Indiana Election Division at 1-800-622-4941. That first phone number that I read off is one eight six six four six one eight six eight three. So you can call one of those numbers or to file a grievance about your polling place's accessibility or to report you were denied the right to vote or possible fraudulent elections, you can also contact those numbers. Now, I want to tell you all about a situation that some people need to be aware of, and that is the provisional ballot. What's a provisional ballot? There are several situations in which you may be required to cast a provisional ballot as a voter. And that is, if you go to the polling place and you do not have a photo ID, a lot of people will try to turn you away, and you should try to get your ID before you go in to vote. That just is common sense. If you have trouble financially, get a hold of your clerk's office. Get a hold of the BMV's office. They will help you and tell you what you need to do to get an ID. If you don't have a driver's license, you can get a state ID, which will be able to help you vote. But 
say for who knows what happens, you're walking to your polling place on election day and you have your ID and it falls down the drain, down the sewer hole for whatever reason. I'm just trying to come up with some nonsense reason and you lose your ID. You can go in and you can request a provisional ballot and they will have to let you do that. Then you will have so many days to get your ID and to present that at the clerk's office and you'll have to go through that or the provisional ballot will be thrown out. If your name appears on the poll list, but you have been challenged for some unknown reason as not eligible to vote at the precinct for some other reason, sworn to in writing by the person who's challenging you, then you can cast a provisional ballot until that's fought out. Or an order has been issued by the court extending the hours that the polls must remain open. Those would be provisional ballots. Provisional ballot allows you to cast a vote if there is a question about your qualification to vote in the precinct. For example, you are not on the poll book, which is not resolved by a fail-safe procedure, and you believe that you're qualified to vote in that precinct. Or you have been challenged as not qualified to vote in that precinct. For example, you did not have a photo photo ID or someone's saying that you've moved or something like that. A person may not challenge the right of any individual to vote at an election in the precinct solely on the basis of the individual's enrollment in an educational institution or registration to vote at an address that the housing provided for the student by the educational institution or actual perceived affiliation with a political party, or support or opposition to any candidate, or the adoption of a public question. Those are scenarios in which you can cast a provisional ballot and you cannot be stopped. Your provisional ballot will be kept separate from the other ballots cast in the precinct, and after election day, the county election board will decide whether you were qualified to vote in that precinct or whether your ballot should be counted or not. If you cast a provisional ballot, you have until noon 10 days after the election to follow up with the county election board and either provide the necessary documentation or affirm one of the photo ID laws exemptions that apply to you. You will be able to contact your county election board after election day to find out whether your ballot was counted and if it was not counted, why not? So you need to stay very involved with that. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey, and you're listening to Perception is Reality. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks. So we're back with episode 45 of Perception is Reality. This is the big show on the AVB. The importance of absentee ballot votes and voting. I'll tell you, in a lot of states, and you can find this by doing a quick Google search, a lot of states do a lot of weird things with their absentee ballots, and it would be very scary. Some places let you do it by going to a web address online over the internet. Some places email you a link. Some states are even experimenting with sending some kind of link to your smartphone, and I think that stuff is just absolutely insane. I think doing anything over email or doing anything over the internet or sending anything to your phone is just asking for trouble. I don't understand what's wrong with people taking 
20 minutes, 30 minutes out of their day on one day in one month, you know, twice a year, every couple years to go and vote. It's very, very important. There's no reason to not take a few moments and do that. It's just not that hard. You have all the time in the world to be able to vote. I hate when I hear people say, well, I gotta work and the boss won't let me out, or I live 30 minutes away from where I work, so by the time I get done working and I'm doing this, that is all bullshit reasons, because there's all these different ways to vote. You know, it seems like this stuff has just picked up in popularity here recently, but this stuff's all been in place for a very long time. You've been able to vote early for a very long time. So it's not just one day where there's a 12-hour window where you can vote. There are 29 days. There's the election day plus the 28 days before the election day. Two of those days are even on Saturdays. And if for some unknown reason, those 28 days plus the election day, 29, you can't figure your time out somewhere in that month-long period of voting days that are open, you can have them sent to your house. Almost anybody fits one of those 12 points that I read to you. It's very, very, very simple. I don't understand. It's really easy. So honestly, not voting is just an absolute choice that you make, and it's really a piss-poor choice. That being said, what we have set up for the absentee ballot voting is pretty good. For the state of Indiana, we have a lot of fail-safes in place, and it doesn't open the door for a lot of corruption. Now, I will tell you, that doesn't mean that there isn't corruption. It doesn't mean that ballots don't disappear. It doesn't mean that something doesn't happen a little right, something a little wonky. I will tell you, the Democrats have had a lock on absentee ballots for a long time, meaning they feel that's their strong suit. That's how they win a lot of elections. Elections can absolutely be lost by absentee ballots, and it can be won by absentee ballots. So that's something that we need to look at. So far, everything that I've talked about has been for voters of all parties. But because I'm a conservative, because I'm of the conservative mind, I do want to say that we as Republicans need to really get a better lock on this. If the Democrats are able to get out the vote and to get people going and to fire people up and to get them going on voting, whether it be out at the polls or early voting or by traveling board or mail-in ballot, why can't we as Republicans, as the right side of the room, do that same thing? I always push and push and push to get people registered and to get people to go vote early. I always say it's better to go vote early, get it out of the way, get it done. If you can't find your time to do that, get it sent to your house and mail it back in. Ta-da, you're done. That way, it's over and you've made your difference. Keep in mind, folks, when we're voting on a local level or on a state level, that's what affects you more than anything else. And elections and politics is like a feeder system. It's like sports. It's like sports teams, like baseball and basketball. You have the Bush League and you have the A team and the D team, and they feed up. 
That's what it's like, man. People need to understand that the local level is kind of like high school and college sports. And then the state level is like the minor leagues. And then the major leagues would be the federal national level. And that's what it's like. The people on the national level come from the state level. And the state level comes from the local level. And so if we're not putting good people in place to be our city council, our mayors, our county commissioners, our county council, then good people don't funnel from there up to being state representative, state senator, governor. And then from there, good people aren't going from the state level into being United States Senator, Congressman, and President. And we only have ourselves to blame for that. So keep that in mind. Utilize absentee voting. If you listen to this podcast, I challenge you to do me this favor. Vote early. Don't go on election day. Don't wait because of a photo op. Take your photo op when you go and vote early. I challenge you this. If you listen to this show, vote early in this year's election, and then take a selfie of yourself outside the clerk's office and send it to me, to my cell phone, 765-546-9796, or to my email at khbilbury at gmail.com, or on my Facebook messenger at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook, or go to facebook.com backslash bilbrey318. Go vote early, and then take a selfie outside your clerk's office where you're voting early, and send it to me by my cell phone, by my email, or on Facebook. And then just send a little message with the date and the time that you voted early. And we'll do something. We'll put that up. You can let me know. If you don't want me to use it, just tell me. But if you don't mind, say, hey, yeah, you can use this. That way we can keep track and we can do this. You can spend your time then trying to get all of the rest of your friends, your family, and everyone else you know to go vote early. Remember, you can vote early in your clerk's office 28 days before election day on Tuesday, November 5th, 2019 by mail-in absentee ballot or by traveling board if you so fit the requirements. Folks, elections are won and lost with this information, so it's important to keep that in mind. You're listening to Perception is Reality, and we'll be right back after this break. Perception, perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us for this very important 45th episode of Perception is Reality. Please share this with everyone you know. Tell them to find it on their favorite podcast hosting site or at the home link of perception.fireside.fm. Absentee ballot voting is absolutely important to winning or losing elections. We need to all keep that in mind as we fight to better our local government through our citizen involvement. Until next time, stay active, stay involved, stay engaged, keep up the fight, continue to demand accountability and transparency, and most importantly, look out for one another. God bless, stay safe, stay sane, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. 
You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Look up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.